All right, folks, welcome to Pick Action Roll, brought to you by nobody. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family. I am the site manager over at Denver Stiffs. Uh, so make sure to check out our work over there. Make sure to go check out the work of Mile High Sports as well. Everybody does great work for both sites. On this podcast, we are going to be discussing what was an epic game three, I thought. I thought that this was a really good game. Uh, just being there, being there in the moment, it was really fun. It was a very enjoyable environment. Nuggets fans absolutely brought it. The Nuggets played hard. But in the end, Denver lost. All that matters really is that you go down 3 0. Uh, 118, 113 at the hands of the Golden State Warriors. Jordan Poole had 27 points on 13 shots. Clay Thompson had 26 points on 18 shots. Steph Curry had 27 points on 17 shots. The Warriors as a team, they shot 45% from three. There is no way in hell that with the defense that the Nuggets played and the shooters that they had them, that they had shooting a lot of those shots, that Denver should have given up 118 points. I thought that Denver played a really good defensive game, honestly. Like, Denver deserves a lot of credit for fighting, for showing up in a big way, for making sure that this game was competitive and close, absolutely 100%. But they got tired, and it definitely showed that they ran out of gas late in this game. But let's get through these big takeaways in this first segment Second segment, we'll talk about the collapse at the end. And the third segment, we will talk about... What did I document here? Uh, just just that there are no moral victories. You can be proud of the effort, but there are no moral victories in this space. And Denver is down 3-0, and that's just a, a really tough place to be. But for now, let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the Nuggets absolutely fighting hard. The third quarter was an absolute masterclass for Denver in how to fight back from what was initially a terrible way to go into the half, where Denver was like, they were like down four, and then Golden State blitzes them for an extra six points right before the halftime. Denver goes down 10. Really, really bad stuff from them. And then Denver comes out of the third quarter. And they just fight all the way back. They went on like an 8-2 to two run to start. Then Steph Curry came in for Kevon Looney. And the Warriors went to the death lineup. And Denver defended the death lineup about as well as they have for the entire... It was definitely as well as they have for the entire series. But the real thing that I thought was surprising here was that it was the starters that were doing it. Michael Malone trusted the starters for a while. He ultimately went to Austin Rivers at about the six-minute mark of the third quarter, so it wasn't the starters the entire time. But for a lot of it, Denver starters were busting their ass, getting over screens, getting in and, and getting up into the airspace of everybody, rotating, helping, head on a swivel, making sure not to give up open shots. And they were doing a fantastic job, and the Warriors were missing, and they were making mistakes. The Nuggets were forcing those mistakes with their physicality and their hands and their effort. And Denver ultimately takes the lead back and the building is just rocking. 
there is ne- like that is the loudest I have heard ball arena in a long time. Maybe ever for me personally, just because Denver fans needed something to cheer about. They needed something to get behind. And the Nuggets gave them an opportunity. Absolutely so. Jokic was playing extremely well, but I thought the entire starting unit during that stretch, Jeff Green for one possession guarded Steph Curry and did a really good job. But you had Monte Morris busting his ass. Will Barton was busting his ass. Aaron Gordon had a really good defensive game tonight. And I thought that this was a really great bounce back for him where he was in a bad space in games one and two, but showed up in a big way now. Unfortunately, it didn't last. And that third quarter run where Denver won 30 to 18, it was kind of outmatched by the Warriors. They went 31 to 24 over Denver in the fourth quarter. And in the last three and a half minutes, they outscored Denver 11 to 2. And Denver ran out of gas. I, I think that there's no other way to say it, that they ran out of gas in that scenario. And it was just unfortunate to see because they had fought so hard and clearly deserved that win. But the Warriors are just so talented, man. They do everything that they can to break you, to absolutely break you and shatter you into dust because you can play as great of defense as you possibly want to, but they will backcut you at the last second, and you'll give up a foul or an open three or a dunk right as the shot clock buzzer sounds. And it's just killer because you've been working so hard for that entire possession. And then when you don't get the result, it's debilitating. But Denver did a great job of fighting through that, where every single time the Warriors were hitting those shots, the Nuggets would go right back and they would work their tails off doing their best to just put pressure on the Warriors on the other end. And I thought that they did a great job with that. Let's start with Nikola Jokic here, who showed up in an absolutely big way. Let's face it, Draymond Green had really, really put Jokic in jail over the course of the first two games. Draymond was getting away with some things. There's no way around that. But Jokic, he needed a real boost, and he needed a real big showing in this game. And the stat line that he put up, 38 minutes, he was a plus three in his 38 minutes. He had been the low man on the totem pole in the plus minus department for each of the first two games because the Nuggets were losing his minutes partially because of him, partially because of other guys, but the the whatever was happening on the court just wasn't working. Well, it worked tonight, or at least it, it worked to the degree that Denver could have won the game. 37 points in 38 minutes. 14 of 22 from the field. 2 of 3 from 3. Those two threes were big. And then 7 of 9 from the free throw line. He got to the line, got the respect, and Draymond finished with 5 fouls. Kevon Looney finished with 4 fouls. He was drawing contact against those guys and getting some important calls. But it wasn't just the scoring. 18 rebounds tonight, including 14 on the defensive end. That was a big deal. The Warriors only grabbed four offensive rebounds all game. Their starting lineup only grabbed one. And I got to tell you, it was a big one. It was a really big one. We're going to talk about it in the second segment. But the Warriors only grabbed four offensive rebounds all game. They grabbed 30 total as a team. 
Denver out-rebounded them 44-30. And given the way that Denver shot, given the way that they shot at the free throw line, Denver probably should have won the game. But they didn't convert enough of those offensive rebounding looks in order to make a dent. But they were really close. And Jokic was the biggest reason why. 37, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Had some good defensive moments tonight. And I thought he busted his ass. There were a lot of possessions where he was just hustling guys off the free throw line. Or off the three-point line, excuse me. He was getting all the way to the to the, to the the rim to contest some shots. He was getting all the way back out to the three-point line. He was moving his feet, doing a really good job. I don't think that he was the main culprit in some of these defensive things, in some of these defensive issues. I'm going to have to go back and look, of course. But I do think that Denver did a reasonably good job in their defensive coverages tonight. And the Warriors just hit incredible shots. But I thought that Jokic was covering so much ground on the defensive end. And one of the big reasons is he just has to cover for a lot of guys that aren't great on on the defensive end themselves. So he's doing what he can. And I thought he did a reasonably good job. And couple that with the way that he played offensively. This was a really good night for the MVP, despite the fact that it came with the loss. Let's talk about Aaron Gordon, who showed up in a big way or at least bounced back. I'm not going to say that he was just this massive positive or whatever, but he did lead the team in plus minus. And there were a lot of gut check moments for Gordon. And he didn't start this game off really well. He started the game off two of eight from the field. But he shot six of uh, five of five the rest of the way, including a three-pointer. He got on the glass. He got... Uh, good possessions where he was moving the ball offensively, grabbed 12 total rebounds, scored 18 points. 18, 12, and 4 is a really good stat line. AG brought it. He was absolutely Denver's second best player, and they needed him to bring it. I've been talking about Aaron Gordon and how he, he sort of failed in Golden State in games one and two. He was probably the biggest reason why Denver was losing these games. But tonight, he was one of the biggest reasons why they nearly won it. His defense on Steph Curry tonight was so much better. I wonder what the numbers were from just this game alone, because I thought he did a very, very good job. thought he did a pretty good job on Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson too, but for the most part, his defense on Steph was what really stood out. The fact is, so Denver ran out of gas. They played their starters a lot. 34 minutes for Aaron Gordon, 34 minutes for Will Barton, 34 minutes for Monte Morris. Not a ton of minutes for the bench. Uh, you had 38 minutes, by the way, for Nikola Jokic. He was out there and he was gassed for sure. But he was still doing a great job in his uh, definitely tired state. I think that tonight was a really good case of the starters being good enough and them doing enough to match what the Warriors' death lineup did and were fantastic doing. But unfortunately, the bench didn't really hold up their end of the bargain. You just look at the plus minuses throughout. Faku Campazzo in in four minutes was a minus 10. Look, it is what it is. 
They tried it. It didn't work. I'm not really surprised that it didn't work. Nobody should really be surprised. Like, there's a reason why he wasn't playing. There's a reason why he wasn't in the initial rotation. It's not because Coach Malone hates him. He actually loves him. And he he really he said today, if I'm going to go down swinging, I'm going to play Faku Capazzo. And he did. And it, it just didn't work. But Bones Highland, not his best game tonight. Thought he had a couple of good moments and he had a nice corner three. Uh, but overall, a couple of bad defensive plays couple of bad reads on the offensive end and, and a bad shot here or there that really didn't help. Uh, Austin Rivers made both of his threes. Bryn Forbes made one out of two from three, but also uh, hit two free throws in a three-shot foul. Uh, so those guys, they did their job. They, they had those contributions. DeMarcus Cousins also had some contributions. Nine points on three of four from the field, three of three from the free throw line. Jamichael Green, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, did a nice job of drawing some contact underneath the rim. But it was just the defense with that group. They didn't get enough stops, and and as hard as the starters worked, they needed a little bit more from the bench in that uh, initial fourth quarter run. And the bench didn't really have it. There was nobody that they could really like go to in that case because Bones... It wasn't his best game, and I was hoping for a little bit more of a Bones show, but Denver had been, uh, like, he, he just didn't deliver to the point that they needed him to. And look, relying on a rookie, never a good thing. It's it's never a good uh, thing in this case. Bones obviously earned the opportunity to do that. Bones op- obviously, with the play that he's had, being better than pretty much every guard on Denver's roster and handling his own business on the second unit. Bones earned this opportunity. He will play better in game four, I think. Uh, But there are definitely things that he should be doing better. I thought that Bryn Forbes really struggled defensively in his time. Austin Rivers did a great job against Steph Curry, specifically. But not a good job against Jordan Poole, against uh, switches. And that's tough. Like, You've got a guy in Austin Rivers who could have done better like overall in this series. He had some good moments, but he did have five fouls tonight. Went two of two from the three, and that's all you can really ask for. So I'm not like pining for more from him. But the fact is, is that Denver, they lost this game on the margins. They needed just a little bit more of a marginal advantage, and they didn't quite get it from the bench. And that's okay. Like, look, Denver, this was a must-win game. Obviously, they lost it. And I'm not really upset because when you when you know the writing is on the wall, you start to look for the details and, and some smaller things. And I'm going to talk about this more in the third segment. But I was just happy with the way that they fought and the way that they competed. That was the most important thing. And they showed that they could play with the Warriors today. And the Warriors weren't exactly like going light on the on the effort meter. They probably can play better, of course. Like, they're not going to turn the ball over 16 times every game. They'll probably get more offensive rebounds as opposed to less going forward. They can shoot better than 45% from three, which is a scary thought. They also missed 10 free throws, which kept Denver in the game. But I do think that overall, Denver really showed that they can compete. They basically, it wasn't a perfect game tonight but they played pretty close to a perfect game with their personnel. 
what they can be reasonably asked to do. Maybe that leads to a game four win. Maybe Denver feels a little bit worse about things after after tonight because they went so hard for it and fell short tonight. But I was encouraged by the way that Denver played. This that's all you can really be asked to do. Like they played so hard. So hard to hold it against them that they came up a little short. But when we come back, we are going to discuss uh the end of the end of the fourth quarter run and the Will Barton shot that everybody wants me to discuss ad nauseum. We'll be right back. Pickaxe General Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Had some new uh, new listeners over the course of these past couple days. Had some new folks that, that wanted to hop in and, and share what they had to say, and I, I obviously appreciate that. At some point, I'm going to go to a live format where people will be able to share their comments live, and I'll be able to have a dialogue with whoever wants to speak. Uh, but it should be fun. It's not coming up soon. Probably a next year kind of thing, of course. But it is in the pipeline. I, I do want to let people know about that. All right, let's talk about the collapse. Because Denver was up 111 to 109 with three minutes and 20 seconds left on the clock. Nikola Jokic had just made a big basket. And Golden State takes a timeout at that point. And if you're... Steve Kerr, you tell them, hey, just got to run the offense. Just got to keep working for the open looks. Keep passing. Get them tired out. And then try to play as aggressively as possible on the defensive end. Switch everything, whatnot. And that's exactly what they did, honestly. They they had this great possession to open up where they're passing the ball around. The ball ultimately finds Andrew Wiggins in the corner he had just missed a shot from that corner a couple minutes prior. Hits a shot this time. That was Jokic's man. But Jokic had been like matched up with a whole bunch of people during that stretch. And he was switching and doing everything that he could to kind of wall off the paint at various points. And it's just one of those things. You got to live with something. And if Wiggins is also hitting those shots, that's, that's just something you got to live with. But then... Jokic misses a shot in the lane that he normally makes, and the Warriors are up one. Curry comes down the court. He gets a shot, misses the wide open, or not the wide open three. It was a Jokic contested three, so he wasn't in the paint in order to grab the rebound. And the ball drops in between Barton and Jeff Green, and Andrew Wiggins grabs the offensive rebound. Right between them, he hustles it up. And it leads to Jordan Poole getting an open layup. And that was the backbreaker. That was the one where you needed a stop, you got the stop, and you didn't do the one thing that you needed to do just to finish the possession. Andrew Wiggins was the only guy in the starting lineup for Golden State to grab an offensive rebound. Nobody else did. You had a couple guys on the bench Like Andre Iguodala grabbed two offensive rebounds. Gary Payton grabbed one. You expect that from those guys. But the starters 
That was the only rebound that they grabbed offensively for the entire game. Denver had done such a good job of clearing the boards against that group. And they didn't do it that time. Then down the court, you're down three. Monte Morris airballs a corner three with like one second left on the shot clock. Shot clock turnover ensues. The Warriors are up three with about 90 seconds left at that point. Steph Curry misses a mid-range shot. It's a gift, an absolute gift of a possession. It wasn't a three, it was a two, and he missed it. So the Nuggets grab the rebound, and Aaron Gordon immediately commits an offensive foul against Steph Curry while trying to post him up. Charges right over the top of him. It was a flop, but it was also a charge. Like, it was definitely a foul. But then you get a gift again, and Clay Thompson misses an open three, and you've got the ball with about 70 seconds left, minute 10. And then you get a switch between Will Barton and Nikola Jokic. And you've got Draymond Green guarding Will at the top of the key. And you've got Nikola Jokic being guarded by Clay Thompson. And the possession, the spacing was all bad. Like you had four guys on the right side of the court. Will Barton at the top of the key. So it wasn't a great place for Denver to be at the beginning. But they try to straighten it out. Jokic is trying to post up at kind of the elbow extended, the free throw line extended area. But then he circles back around under the basket to get into offensive rebounding position, basically giving Will Barton the okay to take that shot. Will Barton takes it. He misses it. Warriors get the rebound. Steph Curry gets a layup on Nikola Jokic at the rim. And you've got a a timeout. And then out of the timeout, Warriors up five with about 40 seconds left to go. Jokic gets it in the post. Draymond Green pokes the ball away. Really great play by Draymond. Jokic has to have better ball security than that, but that's Draymond Green. He's going to make some plays. And Poole hits one out of two free throws. Barton drives the length of the court, gets his own miss, but then uh, rebounds it, puts it up, cuts the deficit to four. Then you foul Steph Curry. He goes one of two at the line. You're down five. Denver draws up a play in the corner for Nikola Jokic to get an open three. He has two guys run out at him, passes to the open guy, which is Will Barton. Barton lines up the shot, takes the shot. It gets blocked by Iguodala. And that's the game. That's all it is. It was a really bad stretch. 11-2 run where Golden State, they were the aggressors that entire time. They made the plays. Denver had opportunities and they missed them. And that is what poor execution looks like on both ends from a tired team. Denver had this massive third quarter run where they absolutely took it to the Warriors during that stretch. They were in their grill. They were forcing turnovers. They were running. They were making plays under the rim on the three-point line, doing everything that they could to punch back. And they captured the lead again but I think it sapped the energy of that group. And you don't get that third quarter run without the fourth quarter kind of exhaustion that ensued. So should Michael Malone have gone to different players? Probably so. Maybe Austin Rivers. Put him in place of Jeff Green. 
maybe put him in place of Will Barton. Get a little bit better defense out there. If you're going to go with Nicole Jokic anyway, might as well. Well, you don't necessarily need the ball handling from Will. Maybe that's the case. But in my opinion, this really comes back to just not having the horses, not having the players to really compete. Where, like, this is the best example of that, right? Like, you get a really great performance from basically everybody. Everybody played pretty well. Everybody was locked in, doing everything that they could. But the margins are so important here. And the fact that the Nuggets are down Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, this is where it shows up most. It's not in games one or two where Denver was clearly outclassed. Like, could they have won those games? Probably not. Even with Murray and Porter, with the way that they were playing. With the way that they were playing tonight, could they have won if Murray was in place of Will Barton, for example, and Michael Porter was in place of Jeff Green or Jermichael Green? Probably. Probably, to be honest. So this is where they're really missed. Let's talk about the Barton shot really quickly. There were a lot of people that were hating on the dude. And I get it. I understand what it looks like. It looks like Will Barton is looking for his moment. And he waves off Nikola Jokic, basically, and and takes a shot. He didn't actually wave him off. I want to make that clear. I always try to see these things from Will's perspective because you get the general reaction from the fan base. And it's just so down. It's just so negative every time. Especially because when Will tries these things, usually they end poorly. Usually this is a low expected outcome for success. And that's, that's what happened once again. And so you have a lot of people that had Will made the shot. People would have been like, oh man, he probably shouldn't have taken that shot, but I'm glad he did. But because he missed it, you have, oh man, really, really wish that he had passed the ball to Nicola. And there were a lot of people that were saying a lot worse things. But let me just say this once again. The Nugget spacing on that possession was really bad. Jokic was kind of posted up towards the elbow, towards the free throw line extended. Will probably should have, what he should have done was he should have recognized the mismatch, taken, the, like, commanded Will or Jokic to go to the left block, and then dribbled the ball over to the left wing and delivered him a pass. That is what probably should have happened. And the fact that it ended in a Will Barton 3 is probably not great either. But I want to make this clear. Jokic left post position from the elbow and circled under the rim with like 10 to 12 seconds left on the shot clock. He was very much okay with trying to fight for the offensive rebound on that possession. Trusting Will to get a shot up on the rim and then trying to get a shot and trying to get a rebound when you're matched up with Klay Thompson, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole in the middle of the paint. And so that's what happened. And the ball didn't bounce Nikola's way. Now, it didn't go in either. And the best thing for Denver would have been for them to work for a great shot. So do I think that it was the right call? Absolutely not. I am not trying to defend Will Barton here, but I try to see it from his perspective. And I try to see it from Denver's perspective. And that is sort of where I default on this one. I don't think that that was the right time for that shot. Denver needed a good shot. Jokic had a mismatch. That is where I would default to, obviously. 
but I try to see things from Will's perspective. He has never had a moment where he could be considered the hero with Denver, especially in the playoffs. Like He's had some really bad moments, robbed of playoff hero moments where with injuries or bad play or whatever, he's never been able to experience that glory and probably wanted a little bit of it. Now, a lot of people are going to take that statement and they're going to be like, wow, that is a selfish thing to feel. And you know what? You might be right. Maybe it was a little selfish. But if you're in the NBA and you're being paid like Will is to replace what Jamal Murray does when Jamal is out, that is a Jamal Murray play where you get the switch and you have free will at that point, free reign, if you're Murray, to go at the isolation. And Barton does it and gets yelled at it, gets yelled at for it. If Murray does that exact thing, people are going to probably be like, probably could have gotten it into Nicola, but I'll live with it. That's because you're down three at that point. It's not like you're down two. Like if Denver's down two and Will takes that shot, I would be a lot more frustrated. But they were down three. Should they have worked for a better shot given that they had a minute left on the clock and that there were still 10 seconds on the shot clock? Probably. I agree with you. But I just want to just keep it real. Like just try to see it from everybody's perspective too. I don't need to have a take on this one. My take is that they should pass the ball to Nikola Jokic. Let's, let's just get that out of the way. That's a shot that I'm going to remember for sure because Denver's going to go into this offseason and Mason Plumley, when he lost Anthony Davis in the bubble and Davis hit that big shot in game two, I think people lost a lot of uh, luster when it came to Mason Plumley and re-signing him. And that had basically run his course, run its course. Not just with the fan base, and the fan base was livid, but also with probably the rest of the team. Where everybody's like, okay, if we have to give you up, so be it. And once you get to that point, then you're in a bad spot. I think if Will makes that shot, he probably feels a little bit differently. But he misses it, and people are going to remember it. And as Denver looks to get better on the perimeter defensive side, as they look to figure things out from a long-term perspective. I wonder if that's the last thing people are going to think about when they think of Will Barton in a Nuggets uni. And it's sad. It's it's a really sad thing. Because he has had great moments. And they've just kind of been robbed because they've been overshadowed by some of the decision-making and some of the timing of these things. Some of it's under his control. Some of it's not under his control. But it just sucks. You know, like, I don't want him taking that shot either. I'd love for him to be spotting up in the corner as Murray is taking that shot. Or as maybe maybe he's not not in the game at all at that point because they need Murray out there, but then they can have some other defensive personnel or whatnot. Like, there are better ways to think about this. And it just sucks that he's being put into this position where he looks like a bad player and a bad decision maker at times. But Denver would be so much in a better place if they were just healthy, man. It's tough. 
Let's take a final break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the effort and the moral victories and how there are none when you're down 3-0. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really tough game. It it was a fun game, though. I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, I really enjoyed that environment. Everybody was into it. The crowd was rocking. Uh, The production was really good for this game. I thought that they did a nice job with the shirts. I thought they did a nice job with sort of everything that goes into hyping up this game. Kyle Speller at the beginning of it came out to center court and was hyping up the crowd. Kyle Speller was hyping up the crowd throughout as the PA announcer, and he did a really nice job, I thought. Uh, Ball Arena was was rocking. They wanted to believe in this team, and that third quarter run, like I said earlier, was one of the loudest that I've heard from the building all season. But you lose, and you're down 3-0, and it sucks. And this one, this one just really hurts. Michael Malone, he was pretty happy with the effort for this one and said that he was just proud of his team, that they fought and and were very uh, locked in is what I, I think he will, he will definitely say. But he also said that they made some big mistakes and some mental mistakes down the stretch. And Barton could be held liable for, I think, a couple of those, as could Jeff Green and Monte Morris and anybody that messed up a defensive assignment, and there were a lot of them tonight. But happy with the effort, but you're still down 3-0. It's a really tough place to be where you dig yourself such a hole in the first two games by playing so badly and with so little belief in yourselves that anything close to full efforts and good execution is going to be good enough, even if it comes in a loss. And I was definitely in that boat tonight where I'm not walking away from this game super upset about it, despite the fact that it hurts that they didn't pull it out. I thought that DeMarcus Cousins shared some good wisdom tonight. I quoted him on this one. There's a lot of bad habits that we had from the regular season that carried over into the playoffs. And I think he's right. I've been, I've been harping on this, folks. This is something that I'm going to take a little bit of credit for, that some of the things that Denver messes up, uh, game one, game two, and game three, are things that championship teams are not supposed to screw up. Whether it's giving up the offensive rebounds at inopportune times, whether it's not knowing the play, not knowing the personnel, uh, not getting into the offense in a good way and not recognizing certain matchups and acting upon and executing at a high level. Denver has those moments often. And it's with a lot of guys. It's not just with Barton or Morris or Aaron Gordon or anybody. It's with Nikola Jokic too. It's with Bones Highland too. Like Faku Campazzo had a, a super bad turnover tonight where everybody and their mother knowing that he was going to throw the pick and pop to Jokic in a pick and roll. 
And Gary Payton knew it as well. And so he jumps when Faku wants to throw the pass. And Faku basically throws it to his chest. It was so bad. Um, But like it was everybody tonight. It wasn't just one person. I think blaming it on one person is really minimalist for a game where I thought everybody had some mistakes. It wasn't just one guy. But those playoff habits are so important in establishing them in the regular season. Where you hold yourself accountable for those minor mistakes and you believe in yourself like a championship team. Denver has this gear, and the fact that they were playing at this gear, at this level, it shows to me, and I know that this this one matters more, and obviously they're going to try harder in this one than, than they would in years past, or in games past, but the Minnesota Timberwolves game was like game 78 or so this year, like five games left. This was That was the fifth to last game. Not a lot of guys showed up for that one. Not a lot of guys were fully bought in, fully, not bought in, that's probably the wrong word, but just fully urgent and prepared and, and given given a lot of uh, looks at the, the scouting report and whatnot. They just weren't locked in to the point that they needed to be. And the T-Wolves were. And it was at that point that it really crystallized in my mind that, look, That was the culmination of a regular season where Jokic and and Katie Wingy said this in the the media room tonight, and I thought it was very wise wisdom, that Nikola Jokic sort of papered over a whole bunch of Denver's weaknesses throughout this regular season. And one of the biggest weaknesses that they have was that details matter. And that not being able to take care of those details in the moment really carried over to the playoffs, especially in games one and two. And there were some things even tonight that they could have done better. They could have not, they, they, they screwed up some switches. They screwed up some backdoor cuts. They uh, gave up offensive a key offensive rebound at a bad time. Uh, they turned the ball over at bad times. Like, like Aaron Gordon committing a charge on Steph Curry trying to post him up about 16 feet away from the basket, that's a terrible idea. And doing that is probably a product of fatigue, that's for sure. But it's also like there, there's no positive in that moment. Like, what is he going to do? What is he doing? Get the ball to Nikola Jokic, run actual offense. Like, you've got Steph Curry on you. What he should have done was kicked it out to Nikola Jokic and then run an inverted pick and roll. That is what should have happened. But it isn't what happened. And so Denver has some things that they have to think about and some things that they have to figure out heading into game four. So I am definitely of the mind that next year's regular season, it's going to be a lot of like assuming everybody is basically back or at least Murray, Porter, Jokic and Gordon are definitely back and maybe they change the, the shooting guard spot. But assuming those guys are back, it's going to be about preparing, like getting those two back and healthy, but also preparing for the playoffs from game one of the regular season. Because the Warriors were doing that. The Warriors, the Suns, every team with playoff and championship expectations was taking things seriously from the jump. 
And being able to do that and reach those levels and do so even in the regular season is so important. And that's why the regular season matters. It's not just about the talent that you have. It's about how you utilize it and how you actualize it in those key moments. And the Nuggets have not been able to do that to the degree that they probably should. Now, some of it is because they don't have the talent right now, but there should be no excuses next year when that talent is healthy. That is for certain. Aaron Gordon was dejected in his presser tonight. He's very hard on himself. It seems pretty clear that he holds himself to a very high standard. And that despite the fact that he had a really big game three, definitely knows that he failed in games one and two. And he really, really wanted this one. And it was pretty clear. He was just very dejected. I also, it looked like he was sore walking off the podium. So just take that for what it's worth. All of these guys are fighting through injury. And Aaron Gordon, I think it's a hamstring injury. Uh, He seems like a guy that could definitely use a break who has definitely been carrying a a heavy workload for a long time, but you wouldn't know that he was injured out there on the court tonight. He was busting his ass. He wasn't complaining about a damn thing. He was doing a lot of great stuff. Jokic seemed his normal self, Uh, perhaps a little bit more sad, a little bit more business-like or whatever, but I do think that he solved some things against Draymond tonight. Had the, the poke away tonight, Draymond couldn't really, uh, like he, he saved it for a great time, Draymond did, that's for sure. But Denver was also down five at that point, so it's not like that was what decided the game. But I do think Jokic is going to have to go for 37, 18, and five again. Like that's going to happen. He's got to stay efficient. And the fact that he got Draymond into foul trouble tonight and also just did a really good job against him in general. He's got to play like that again in game four, and it starts with hitting threes against Draymond because there were several possessions tonight where Jokic caught the ball at the three-point line, pump fake for three, and Draymond had to respect it. He had to run out at him, and sometimes Draymond even flew by him because it was a good pump fake. And Jokic just has to keep working on that. He has to be a deadly three-point shooter for the entire season and into, into the playoffs going forward. It is such a big deal in all of these matchups where he was 0 of 8 in games 1 and 2. Obviously, he was 2 of 3 in game in game 3. Hopefully, he continues to hit shots in game 4 because that will set himself up for success and Draymond will have to respect that shot. Can Denver play at the same level of effort that they showed in Game 3? I don't know. It's hard to fathom that they can. And the reason why is because this is a very demoralizing place. Had you won tonight and you give yourself an option to win Game 4 and go back to Golden State 2-2, then you would have a lot of belief in that case. Like if, if you had cut it to 2-1 tonight, down 3-0, you're still in this place where there are no moral victories. And that even though you fought hard, even though you were very close, the Warriors still outmatched you. So I do think that there is a possibility that Denver kind of rolls over if things don't go well. I hope that doesn't happen. 
I really hope they fight through. Even if, like, look, if they if they win and they force it back to Golden State for Game 5, then all, all, all you can do is extend the series. That's all you can do. You got to try. And if you try, and if you keep pushing, you do what you can, then you just keep working and keep working and keep working. And if you win the game, you go to the next one, and you go to the next one, and you go to the next one. And it's just, it's tough. When you dig a hole, like, all you can do is climb out of it, or else you're going to be there forever. And game four is a really tough place for Denver to be. Michael Malone said that he, that the sweep, uh, the sweep that Phoenix had really stuck with him and stuck with the team over the summer last year, that it sucks to be swept because you think about it and you think about uh, going out that way and how it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. If Denver were to win game four and then lose game five, I honestly think that that would be a reasonable outcome and people would still be okay. And like, you know that Murray and Porter weren't here and you hope that you can get them back going forward and you're just like, okay, we're at a disadvantage, but we show that we can compete. If you roll over and die, be a bad way to go for two straight years. We're going to see how it goes. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Nobody. Thank you so much. For all the love and support, as always, it is such a big deal. I'll probably have a podcast up tomorrow night uh, or to, like whenever you listen to this the next day just because I, I don't want to do one for Saturday going into Sunday because it is an afternoon game. We're going to cover it all. We're going to do what we can. And I am very excited to see what the future brings for this Nuggets team. Even if it is a loss and even if it is a sweep, we will obviously talk about it together. And we will commiserate for sure. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys tomorrow.